What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Churchosity Podcast. If you're looking for the place where you can get the Gen X take on church culture, well then guess what? You are in the right spot and you are in good hands. My name is Heath Brady. And I'm Andrea Brady. And we are your Churchosity Podcast personnel. That's right. That's right. Here we are. (laughs) Can I just say something real quick? What is it? How much do you love our intro music? I love our intro music. (laughs) I don't know what it is about that intro song, but I could listen to it a million times and still (laughs) just bounce in the chair. I know. I like it too. It's it's such a vibe for me, man. Like it, it takes me back. It takes me back to our childhood. Yeah. I don't ever want you to change it. Never? Never. Never ever? Nope. Wow. Yeah, season 10, we'll still be going strong. Gosh, if I'm still alive for season 10. Oh, please stop. <laughs> Gee. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so, Andy. Yeah. How you doing, my love? Um, doing okay. Just okay know. again, huh? Yeah, I'm just okay. Why are you just okay? I don't know feeling kind of blah today i mean i need sunshine yeah it's uh it's been quite the uh miserable (laughs) beginning to spring here in the salem oregon area yeah i'm just kind of i'm just you know day in day out yeah doing my thing in fact while we're recording at this very moment it is literally a storm outside i know it was kind of okay nice today yeah i mean we did see some blue sky you know Mm -hmm. and it was a decent temperature. Yeah. But, yeah. We had a good day. We hopped in the car and drove out to the ocean. Mm-hmm. There was no moisture falling from the heavens, so we were like, let's go. <laughs> let's go do something. Got to get out. Got to go do something. Yep. Went out, to, uh, went out to the ocean, had some amazing fish and chips and clam chowder. Shout out to Moe's. That's right. That was pretty good. I'm sorry. All of our friends up in the Seattle, Washington area, Moe's is where it's at, bro. <laughs> Ivers who? Oh, I still like Ivers. <laughs> I still like Ivers. I'm just saying, man. Yeah. Moe's is... Mm. It's pretty yummy. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that Moe's food is so good, it should have its own food group. <laughs> and you can't beat the view. Oh, definitely it's not. it's right there on the water, so yeah. you can sit there and look at the ocean as you eat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's beautiful. You can see oh. the sea lions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some pelicans. Mm-hmm. On the drive out there, we saw a bunch of geese, man. Oh, I know. So many Canadian geese yeah. everywhere. I sometimes wonder if the geese are even starting to talk to themselves like, what's up with this weather? <laughs> like, we flew Probably. north thinking that winter was over. Like, yeah. what happened? Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm. Well, Andy? Yes. We got some stuff to talk about today, don't we? Are we continuing our conversation from last time? Yes, we are. Mm. Yeah, we're going to get into the thick of it a little bit today, I think. Okay, that sounds good. But before we journey into the thick of it, we want to remind everyone that if you want to support us here at Churchosity, it's real simple. All you got to do is leave us a rating or leave us a review. You could also just simply follow us on the socials, at least the ones that we're on, which would be Facebook or Instagram. You could even share this episode with all of your friends, especially the ones that haven't found us yet. Just, you know, click that little link on whatever application you're listening to us on. Send that link to your friends. Attach a friendly, loving reminder and note that they are going to love Churchosity too. Because you know what? I'm sure they will. Yeah, I think they will too. Because I heard that those kids over at Churchosity are pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, because they're Gen Xers. We can be pretty cool. We can be. Yeah. Yep. All right, so let's remind our wonderful, awesome, lovely listeners a little bit about what we've been talking about. We embarked on a new series in our last episode talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Fruit. Fruit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Here we go. Am I With fruit or am I am I fruit or am I fruits? I don't remember. The fruits. I, I'm the fruits. The fruits. No, it's the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit, but it's plural. So yeah, I'm fruits. That's right. 
and I am fruity. That's what we established <laughs> no, last time. No, we didn't. Okay. Well, anyhow, uh, we were, we started a conversation about the fruit of the spirit in direct contrast to the deeds of the flesh, and we talked an awful lot about the deeds of the flesh on our last episode, mm. and we barely scratched the surface on the first fruit of the spirit. <laughs> right. And what? Uh, where are those fruit found? <laughs> Galatians? See, it's almost a grammatical error for you to say fruit, isn't it? Uh, no, when not it's at all. Plural. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking about in Galatians chapter 5. Right. Uh, specifically, uh, all in all, looking at the verses, uh, let's see, Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 mm. through 24. Okay. Yeah. Great passage of scripture to study, especially digging into the Greek. Uh, it's pretty intense, but um, on our last episode, we we had this kind of long conversation about why Paul is writing this letter and uh, who he's writing it to. You know, Paul was Paul was what most theologians would refer to as a tent builder or a tent maker. He went on three missionary journeys all over Europe and uh, Asia Minor, planting churches. Mm. and, uh, you know, commissioning pastors, if you will. I'm mm -hmm. sure there wasn't like a formal process like we have now. But he would plant these churches, leave pastors in charge, and then he would kind of do the tour, if you will, mm -hmm. and check up on them and see how they were doing. And he was kind of like, you know, the church father for all of the churches in, you know, the latter first century that were Gentile churches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on his coattails were these group of what they what we would we what we would call the judaizers they were coming behind paul who was preaching this message of being saved by grace alone right and trying to get the converts to return to this sort of works oriented mechanical way of faith oh um, right and it, and it was a real problem and so he writes to the galatian church and he says you know, I am I am just shocked at how quickly you are returning back to this old religion, this old way of doing things. Mm -hmm. You know, and so he writes this letter to the church in Galatia and he doesn't really scold them. He just kind of says, hey, uh, maybe I need to remind you that, you know, for instance, in Galatians 5 verse 1, that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Mm hmm. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. And that slavery, that yoke of slavery is this sense of bondage to the law, this bondage to doing works to merit the favor of God. And, and, and he just constantly is reminding them that they've been set free. Mm -hmm. And he digs so deep that he goes into this dissertation that there are all of these deeds of the flesh. And there's and every single one of those deeds of the flesh, which is what he which is what he lists off first, they're completely contrary to the very first fruit of the spirit, mm. which is love. So I thought we'd have, you know, a little bit deeper, a little bit more meaningful conversation on this episode about love. All right. Yeah, you know, what do we mean when we when we're talking about love? as it is a fruit of the spirit that if we're that if we're saved by grace alone we're filled with the holy spirit and now if we're walking in the spirit the first fruit on the list that it should be producing is love mm. and so andy yeah in 2023 <laughs> i'm gonna pick your brain a little bit okay. okay in 2023 when people talk about love what are most people talking about Hmm. You know, you hear this mantra all the time that love is love. You can't help who you love. Yeah. I think all we need so. is love. Yeah. Like what what kind of love is that? What when people talk about love like that, what are they talking about? Like like. Like I like like you. I like like you. <laughs> Will you go with me? Please check yes or no. Yeah, I think that that's pretty much it. Like they like somebody very strongly. So we're talking about feelings. Yeah, feelings. Talking about emotions. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Do you know that that is not what Paul is talking about at all? Yeah. 
He's not talking about that that at all. (laughs) I looked it up in the Greek. You did. (laughs) This word for love here in Galatians 5? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, and what lovely word in the Greek might we be having for love there? Agape. Agape. Yeah. And what is agape love? Unconditional love. Unconditional. Dig a little deeper. Because it is unconditional, but dig a little deeper. It's like the kind of love that God has. Well, you know? yes, of course. But what does agape love look like practically? Um, How do we demonstrate? Sacrificial. Sacrificial. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Um, pure. Pure. Not seeking your own uh, benefit. So it's selfless. Yeah. Selfless. Yeah. By the very definition, unconditional love means there's no conditions attached there's no strings attached Mm. it's not something that you're doing so that you'll get something back and if you don't get something back you remove it Mm -hmm. and that is kind of what the love of the world sounds like don't you think Mm -hmm. that it's conditional yeah that there's strings attached Mm -hmm. think about anytime there's any kind of a broken relationship and i don't just mean marriages i mean relationships in general where families are torn apart where siblings don't get along where friends don't speak to one another when boyfriends and girlfriends go their separate ways and everything else under the sun when we talk about relationships when they split yeah is that unconditional love no or is it worldly love that's based on feelings based on feelings right i would i would go so far as to say that what the world considers love is far too high of an expectation for our human hearts to be able to satisfy. Mm. Because I can't always unconditionally feel loving towards people. Right. Can I? No. I no. Mean, I don't think that's possible. In fact, sometimes I want to choke people. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> people can be frustrating. I agree. No, really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a little bit from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when we talk about agape love, when we talk about biblical love, you know, of agape love, because in the Greek, there's actually four different words that translate love because, you know, leave it up to the Greeks to be able to have four different ways, four, four different ways to describe how somebody loves another person. And we Mm -hmm. just in the English went, oh, they all mean love. Oh, I thought there was only three. No, there's actually four. Mm. Yeah. We'll We'll talk about that on another episode. Okay. But this word, agape, it is unconditional. There is no strings attached. It is self-sacrificing. It is selfless. It puts the needs of the other person first at all times, regardless of how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the tricky part, right? Yeah. So when I would encourage our listeners, do a word study in your <laughs> spare time. Okay. Get out, get out your Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. Or your Blue Letter Bible app. Or your Blue app. Letter Bible app or whatever it is that you do your, your Bible studies with where you can actually look at Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, etc. <laughs> but, but you want a concordance. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you want a concordance is because I want to challenge our listeners to take some time and just look up the word agape yeah. in the New Testament everywhere that it's found. And read those verses, and then read those verses in context, and see what you discover. Hmm. And we're just going to kind of dip our toe into uh, the shallow, warm end of the pool on this episode, as okay. far as as far as digging a little deeper into <laughs> this agape situation. When we talk about love, this agape love, what other passage of scripture do we usually typically go to? At every single wedding. <laughs> First Corinthians 13. First Corinthians 13. Yeah. We call it the love chapter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What verse do we usually start at when we start talking about love? First, First Corinthians 13, verse 4. Verse 4, right? Because yeah. everybody loves to talk about what love is, right? Yeah. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. 
Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Mm -hmm. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. So, hmm. all of that is essentially a very detailed breakdown of what agape means. Yeah. But nobody likes to start in verse one. Oh, <laughs> okay. Nobody okay. at any wedding will quote verses one through three. No. And of course, you know, in the context of a wedding or, you know, some sort of positive or affirming sermon on a Sunday morning, nobody wants to talk about verses one through three because, you know, they don't make you feel all warm and fuzzy. No. Right? I mean, love is patient, love is kind, etc. That makes me feel kind of warm and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Um, the unfortunate thing about using 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 8 at a wedding ceremony is that neither one of those uh, individuals getting married is going to unconditionally love their spouses every single day. That's true. If yeah. anything, we're going to be talking about <laughs> eros, which is one of the Greek words for love. Oh, okay. Or uh, phileo. Which is, I love you like a friend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. At best, we're going to get those two right more often than the agape. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. But I wanted, to, I wanted to mess around with verses 1 through 3. Okay. You know, we've kind of alluded to verse 1 in several episodes in the past. With talking about my noisy gong. Your noisy gong, right? Bong, bong, bong. <laughs> So check this out, folks. All right. So let's just read these three verses. Starting in verse 1, 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Mm -hmm. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but I do not have love, it profits me nothing. Now, won't those, wouldn't those just be some encouraging verses to be read during the wedding vows at a wedding? <laughs> nah, not really. Not really, right? It's convicting. It's totally convicting. Yeah. Why do you think it's convicting, Andy? Well... I mean, it puts it into perspective, like all the things that we do that are Christian-like or all the ministry that we do at church or all the things that we sign up for or volunteer for, you know, thinking that we're out here doing the Lord's work. Just out here doing the Lord's work. Yeah. And if we don't have love in our heart, if we're not doing it from a, you know loving perspective you know if we have selfish intentions if we're you know if we're not doing it because we love then it really amounts to nothing right it's kind of interesting uh because pretty much every single thing that you just said mm. those different attitudes or motivations mm -hmm. other than love yeah. those are on the list of the deeds of the flesh Ah. It's kind of interesting, right? Oh, yeah, I guess they are. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh -huh. Remember now, remember now. So we're going we're gonna to set up a little bit deeper context here. First of all, remember, we're talking about agape love. It is the first fruit. The first on the list of the fruits of the Spirit mm -hmm. is this unconditional love. It is a fruit. It is not a feeling. It is, it is a noun and a verb. It is, it is being in the act of unconditionally loving another person. It's having that in your heart mm -hmm. all of the time. And of course, the only perfect example of that that we have is Jesus. Right. Right? Because remember, he's the one that said that no one has a greater love than this than he would lay down his life for his friends. Mm -hmm. Right? That's and, 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 and ultimately, that's what Christ has done for the children of God. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So... Paul is saying here that if you don't have that fruit in your life, then none of these great and glorious things that you think that you're doing for the kingdom amount to anything. Mm. 
Let me say that again for the people in the back of the room. <laughs> if I don't have love, agape love, the first fruit of the Spirit, present in my heart, which, by the way, is a direct result of walking in the Spirit, just as a side note. Mm-hmm. If I'm not actively walking in the Spirit, then I'm not in the right fruit section in the, in the grocery department. <laughs> And I don't have the fruit of the spirit, which is love in my heart. Right. So even with the greatest of intentions, I'm a noisy gong. Mm. I have nothing. I am nothing. It profits me nothing. Those are Paul's words. Don't shoot the messenger, ladies and gentlemen. Those are Paul's words, not mine. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. But let's give you some Corinthian context because this is a letter the first of the two letters that Paul wrote to the to the church of Corinth. Oh, okay. The church in Corinth was very Greek. They had a lot of Greek practices going on. And you know what, Andy? Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe someday we should do a study. We should do a series on, on 1 Corinthians because there are so many issues going on in the Corinthian church in Paul's day yeah. that are so similar to what's going on in 2023. Mm. That would be really interesting. Yeah, it'd be it, it it'd be kind of upsetting to be honest with you, but it would be really really interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you have a church in Corinth that is incorporating essentially incorporating Greek practices within the confines of the worship service, if you will. Okay. The way that they did their preaching, the way that they did their teaching, the way that they exercised the spiritual gifts. Because now remember, during during the apostolic era, you had all of these amazing, wondrous spiritual gifts going on. You had people speaking in tongues, people prophesying, people getting words of knowledge, etc., etc. So you have all of these like great and amazing things that are going on in the churches. But in Corinth, it's out of control. Mm-hmm. Because you have this puffing up of oneself going on in the church. The way that they engaged one another in the service. The way that they did communion. You know, the the, the most common communion meditation that we have uh, in most denominational and non-denominational churches is found in the letter to the church in Corinth. Oh. You know, about how, uh, you know, when scripture uh, uh, scripture reminds us that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took, uh, after he had... After he had given thanks, he took bread and he broke it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. The whole thing about not taking, uh, not taking the bread or the or the cup in an unworthy manner, etc. Oh yeah, that's all in this letter. Oh okay. They had issues mm. in their church, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I remember. Yeah. First Corinthians chapter twelve talks specifically about how the gift of tongues and its interpretation are supposed to take place. Mm-hmm. Like he literally had to be like, okay, here's the X's and O's and here's the play that we're going to call. Like that's how detailed he had to get with these folks because mm-hmm. things were out of control. They wanted the attention on themselves. Mm. And in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says probably one of the most important verses for the church today. Where in 1 Corinthians 14, I believe it's verse 20, he says... All things in the church are to be done decently and in order. And right in the middle of the conversation in 12 and the conversation in 14 is the conversation in chapter 13, which is all about love. Love. (laughs) Because similarly to the church in Ephesus, Mm -hmm. which you can read their uh, report card in Revelation chapter 2, they had forgotten why they were a church in the first place also, and they had forgotten their first love. Mm. So, I got a little sermonitis there. Forgive me, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. I just love the Bible so much, and I love the way the Bible explains itself, so thank you for bearing with me. Now, here's my point. Paul tells them, I think it's great that you guys have all these gifts. I think it's great that you have all these experiences going on. I think that what you do is even greater than what I'm doing. This is Paul talking in in chapter 12. Hmm. But then he says, Even if I had the ability to speak in the known languages of men and supernatural languages, but I don't have agape love, I'm just a noisy gong. 
Yeah. I am annoying to everybody around me. There's, it doesn't. It's not profitable, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. Even with with uh, prophecy and knowing mysteries and having gifts of knowledge and even if I had faith in everything that God said and I demonstrated that faith 24 hours a day, seven days a week to the point where I could literally take a mountain and get rid of it. If I didn't have love in my heart, if I didn't have agape love as the first fruit of the spirit, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. Hmm. I'm useless. Right? Etc. Etc. And I think that that's something that in in 21st century church culture, we need to be reminded of this. Yeah. That we need to remember <clears throat> that what we do in church is not about us. It's about others. Mm-hmm. I recently was given a really cool opportunity to um, participate in uh, a, a Christian elementary school's teacher in service day. Mm-hmm. And I got to go and I was only supposed to speak for about an hour and 20 minutes. But in typical Heath Brady fashion, I took two hours. Oops. It was a good time, though. <laughs> we had a really great time. It was me That's and good. it was me and teachers and teachers aides from preschool all the way up through fifth grade, I believe. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I talked rather uh, thoroughly about was this conviction that I have, and I believe that you have it too, Andy. I don't want to put words in your mouth. If you disagree, you say so. But (laughs) this view that I have, that I believe that the local church should be central to the life of a believer. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I dug in real hard on that, and I dug pretty deep on it to explain to them, as I've explained and you've explained on our podcast in previous episodes, that that is where we gather to serve one another. Mm -hmm. That is where we gather to worship Jesus Christ corporately and privately. That is where we gather to confess our sins corporately and privately. That is where we gather to worship the Lord in song and in the reading of the scriptures and in the preaching of the word corporately and personally. Mm. And when we make the choice to not go to church, it's because we're consumers. And what we forget is that when we make the choice to not go to church on a Sunday morning, we are robbing everyone there of the joy and love that we could be providing them. Mm. Well, I mean, like, we do miss church occasionally. But not intentionally. Right. Not because, oh, you know, I don't like the songs or I don't, you know, the the, the attitude that I'm talking about, Andy, yeah. is what's this church going to do for me? Mm. And if this church, if I'm not feeling like this church is going to do anything for me, then I'm not going to go. Oh. And that is the wrong attitude to have. The proper attitude to have is even if I'm not feeling it, I'm going to go because somebody there needs me. I'm going to go because instead of the question of what is this church going to do for me, the question rather is what am I going to do for the church? Mm. What am I, how am I going to serve? How am I going to serve? How am I going to love the children of God Mm -hmm. in a corporate gathering on a Lord's day service? Mm. Right? Yeah. Because that that is something that was missing there's a huge piece that was missing from the worship and practice in the church of corinth and paul had to remind them that the reason why things are all out of control the reason why you're all worried about outdoing one another the reason why you're all (laughs) competing over who has the greater gift who has the showier gift is because you're being a consumer you're worried about yourself Now, remember, in the list of the deeds of the flesh, you go down that list and every single one of them is self-satisfying. Every single one of them. Right? Mm -hmm. Paul says in Galatians 5.19 that the deeds of the flesh are evident. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, etc., etc., etc. The root of every single one of those deeds of the flesh is self. It's pride. Yeah. Which has been the chief sin since the Garden of Eden. 
Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Or even before that. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah 14 is equal 28. Let's yeah. go. So practically speaking, yeah. this agape love, it takes root. Like the fruit takes root. Hey, that should be on a bumper sticker. <laughs> the, the fruit takes root. The fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit being love. It takes root in our hearts. Yeah. And it, le- and, and it literally is what produces the rest of the fruits of the spirit. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness self-control like they flow into each other yeah how can you experience joy how can you create joy if you don't have agape love Mm. how can you be an ambassador for peace how can you bring peace into relationships if you don't have agape or patience how can you be patient (laughs) if you don't have agape how can you be kind if you don't have agape you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it could be fake. <laughs> but that's not agape. No, it's not. It's not agape. No. That's not even phileo. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's noisy gong material there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, <sighs> you know, I just, I just, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I raise the kids this way. Say the truth and say it with your chest. And I just, I got some stuff that the Lord has laid on my heart in this episode to just say, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a little preachy. I know that I never get this way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sometimes you do. Do you want to know some examples of what selfless, sacrificial, no strings attached love looks like? Okay. Think about the moms who stay up late mm-hmm. when their daughters or sons are out on a date or out at the movies or out with their friends waiting for them to come home to make sure that they're safe. Mm-hmm. Or how about the dads that work 12 hours a day, six days a week so that they can put food on the table? And I'm not saying that moms don't do that either. Forgive me. I was raised complimentarian. I'm not anymore. Just go with the flow, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I was thinking of like taking care of a sick child or yes. a sick spouse. Or... Yes. Yeah. Well, wives don't take care of sick husbands. What? Whatever. What about the wives who sacrificially keep their cool when their husbands are acting a fool? Yeah. Hey, there's another bumper sticker rhyme. <laughs> Seriously, though. But faithful are the wounds of a friend. <laughs> mm. There you go. Think about your pastors. Mm-hmm. Your pastors. Who are more than just what you see on a Sunday morning. Who are responsible for more than giving you a word from the Lord for 15 to 45 minutes, depending on what your worship style is. That their call is about 95% other things than what you see on a Sunday morning. That at two o'clock in the morning, they get a phone call that somebody's in the hospital and they drop everything and they go down to the hospital to be there with you or your family, etc. Right? Or the counseling appointments, you know, the things that they're going to take to the grave knowing that they helped their sheep wrestle through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the tough stuff. Ministry directors. Mm -hmm. You know, how hard these men and women work to make sure that your church experience is the godliest and most positive that it could be. And how many hours of studying and planning and prepping and recruiting and team building, etc. that they do for you and for your families. What about your church leaders? The burdens that they carry in making decisions on what they believe is God's best for the church as a whole. And as I've rattled off these lists, I want to think I want us all to think for just a moment about how we feel 
about those people in our churches right now. Because if our idea of love is a feeling, it's no better than what the world says is love. And the fruit of that selfish kind of love that is a feeling Mm -hmm. is backbiting, spreading rumors, cutting them down, criticizing them, throwing them under the bus. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) listeners of Churchosity, Mm -hmm. love your church workers. Mm -hmm. Love your church workers. Make it so that their job is joyful. Because you know what? Whether you're an elder or a church leader or a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or a youth leader or an, uh, uh, an office administrator or a janitor or you work in the kitchen or you pass out bulletins or you open the door on a Sunday morning and say hello and everything that I, else that I can't think of off the top of my head right now, you matter. Your feelings matter. And guess what? So does everybody else's. And if we have agape love in our hearts, there won't be enmities. There won't be strife. There won't be jealousy. There won't be outbursts of anger or disputes or dissensions or factions or envying, Hmm. which are all on the list of deeds of the flesh, by the way. Right. Love your church people, ladies and gentlemen. It saddens me so much. You know, especially since we've been doing podcasting together, Andy, we, 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 we've touched on a nerve that resonates so much with so many people in the church community mm-hmm. that some of the worst treatment that they've experienced is in the church. Yeah. And folks, I just got to say it. I just got to name it. That ain't agape. No. Because agape love doesn't hurt people. Agape love doesn't seek its own. 1 Corinthians 13, it doesn't seek its own. It's not arrogant. It doesn't boast. It doesn't keep records of wrongs. It doesn't cause any kind of division whatsoever amongst the children of God. And if we've abused or hurt or damaged or whatever it might be in a negative connotation to somebody else within the church, we that's not agape, ladies and gentlemen. Agape does not act unbecomingly. Right. So in Galatians 5.17, it talks about um, the flesh setting its desire against the spirit. Mm-hmm. That's that war. Yeah. And then in um, verse 18, it says, but if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Yep. And um, so if the only way to show agape love and the fruit of the spirit is to walk in the spirit, how do we walk in the spirit? I mean, we know what we're supposed to be doing, but what does that actually mean? That is a really great question. I want to touch on one thing before I answer that for you, though. Yeah. Just just to clarify, that, that Galatians 5.18, that if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Mm-hmm. In our vernacular, no charges can be filed against you for your behavior. You're not breaking the law. Like you're, like you're fulfilling the law of Christ mm-hmm. if you're being led by the Spirit is what Paul is saying here. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you want do you want to do you want to drift a l- even further left? Okay. And talk about this a little bit deeper. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's important. Sure. That's a great question. That is a, that is a <laughs> that is a really great question. We're all about being practical here at Churchosity. We need the you know get down to the nitty gritty. Get down to the nitty gritty. Okay. <laughs> How do we put this into practice? <laughs> Okay, so Andy, your question was, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Yeah. Okay. Well, walking in the Spirit means that you're led by the Spirit, mm-hmm. right? So it's as if the Holy Spirit is out in front of you, and He's looking over His shoulder with His hand back to you and saying, come on, let me lead you. Mm-hmm. And you take the Spirit by the hand, and the Spirit leads you. Now, that sounds like all warm and butterfly-ish, right? <laughs> but let's, right. let's get a little practical and let's 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 bug the apostle paul some more shall we okay everyone if you have a bible or a bible app 
turn or flip to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 22. Actually, we're going to go back before that. We're going to go to verse 18. And we're going to skip through a bunch of the narrative here because I don't want to drift too far off into the weeds. We'll be here for two hours. Okay? But this is going to be good. And I may or may not have, have walked us through this on a previous episode. I don't know. I, I have I have explained this so many times in my life that I don't remember everybody that I've walked through this with. So forgive us for the redundancy, ladies and gentlemen. But mm-hmm. this is pretty cool stuff. So Ephesians 5, starting in verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with what? The Spirit. The Spirit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Skip down to verse 22. Andy, what does verse 22 say? (laughs) You would make me read this. (laughs) It's just because I'm having fun. I don't mean anything by it. Gosh. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Okay. And then verse 25 Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Uh Okay, now skip to the next chapter, chapter 6. Verse 1. What does verse 1 of chapter 6 say, Andy? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. Awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. Verse 5. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart, as to Christ. Mm -hmm. And then verse 9. Masters, do the same things to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Okay, so what Paul is doing here is he is explaining that if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then literally every earthly relationship that you have will be in perfect accord all of the time. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. You with me? Because yeah. you're talking about you're mm-hmm. talking about wives and husbands and children and bosses and workers. Okay. Okay. And prior to those relationships, you're talking about your church relationships that you're singing with one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now, I can just hear everybody going, okay, what the heck does this have to do with anything, Heath Brady? Bear with me. All right, I'm bearing. Okay. Flip over in your Bible apps to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to start in verse 16. In the second half of verse 16, you're going to see something very interesting to start this conversation off. He says, admonishing one another with... Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Oh boy, okay. Uh, Let's continue. (laughs) Verse 18. Wives, be subject to your husbands. Oh boy. As it's fitting in the Lord. Verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. I got to work on that. Verse 20, children be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing for this is well pleasing to the Lord. Verse 22. Slaves in all things obey those who are your masters on earth. Not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Mm-hmm. So you see, you got all the same relationships. Mm-hmm. And it kicks off with the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, right? Now mm-hmm. in Ephesians chapter five. What were all of those earthly relationships being in perfect accord the result of? Like, what caused them? What did Paul say in verse 22? Or in verse, in verse 18? Being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit, right? Mm. If you're filled with the Spirit and you're worshiping together in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and all of your earthly relationships are in perfect order all of the time. Mm -hmm. You got the same exact pattern, the same exact relationships, the same exact behaviors being in perfect alignment if we're obeying. But go back up to verse 16. Mm -hmm. What are they the result of here? Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding.
You mean to tell me that to be filled with the Spirit means to let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you? Mm-hmm. Wow. How interesting that is. And how often do we tell people, read your Bible? That's true. So, Andy, your question mm-hmm. was, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Yeah. It means to be actively letting the words of Christ richly dwell within you. It would be like this. Mm-hmm. If you don't fill your body with food on a regular basis, what happens to it? You get weak. You get weak. You get starved. You get hangry. Hangry, <laughs> right? If you don't spend time in the Word, yeah. if you don't spend time with your Savior, you get spiritually hangry. You get spiritually hangry. You get spiritually weak. Yeah. And if you're spiritually weak, what takes over? The flesh. The flesh. You see how that works? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of Churchosity Podcast, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to preach this all freaking day long. Spend time in the Word. Spend time with Jesus. Let the words of Christ richly dwell within you. If you want any shred of hope at having the fruit of love, planted deeply in your heart so that you cannot carry out the deeds of the flesh. Mm-hmm. You got to spend time with Jesus because that's what it means to walk with the spirit. That's what it means to be led by the spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's one other thing I saw in here. Okay. That we skipped over. Yeah. Ephesians 5 verse 20. Mm-hmm. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Mm-hmm. So we should always be giving thanks to the Lord for everything. Mm-hmm. And it even repeats it in uh, Colossians 3. It does. Yep. There's a lot more that, that is repeated. Yeah. But I just was focusing on the relationships. Yeah. and But, but you're right. <clears throat> our relationships with one another and then... Of course, you know, our relationship with God, that, you know, part of that is, you know, talking to him and praying, but giving thanks. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's pretty cool, huh? Mm-hmm. One final thought that I wanted to share. Yes. The week before Palm Sunday, I was given the opportunity to preach at church. Mm. And I got to, for the first time in my life, preach on my most favoritest verse in the entire Bible. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, you were there. Don't you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I meant, like, I forgot that that was your favorite verse. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what my favorite verse is? Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. 35, yeah. Jesus wept. <laughs> Seriously. That's my favorite verse. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to re-preach my sermon because we're about out of time anyway. Right. But in context, it's the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Mm. Right. And not just in verse 35, but in one prior verse, Jesus cries twice in this story. He cries first uh, with Mary while she's weeping and there's a crowd of people around them. And then... He asks where Lazarus is buried. Show me where the tomb is. And as they're taking him to the tomb, Jesus weeps. John eleven thirty five, mm-hmm. And in John eleven thirty six, because of what they see in Christ's humanity, how deeply affected he is that his closest friend has died, he weeps. And they say in John eleven thirty six, see how he loved him. Hmm. That's the kind of love we're talking about. The kind of love that is not, the kind of love that isn't just feelings, the kind of love that isn't self-serving, the kind of love that kind of comes and goes like the wind. We're talking about love that is so deep that it's sacrificial, that it's selfless, that there's no strings attached whatsoever, so that it's obvious to others around us that there's something different about us compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. If if our lives, if the way that we conduct our lives looks nothing different than the rest of the world, what are we doing? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Learn from the example of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. God called them to be set apart. 
They were in the world, but they were set apart from the rest of the world. And how many times did the nation of Israel want to go back to being like the rest of the world? Hmm. By having kings and having idolatry and disobeying, you know, not just the Big Ten, but all of the other rules and regulations that, that to the extent that God went to try to get it through their thick heads that you are my people. And I have set you apart from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of Churchosity Podcast, agape love is what sets the people of God apart from the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world might like you a little bit at best, but it's still conditional. Because if you screw up or you say something that they don't like or you do something that they don't like, they're going to cut you off. They're going to cancel you. That's the way of the world. But in God's economy, according to the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5, that's not the way we do things. The way we do things is that we have unconditional love. Mm-hmm. The, the point that I'm trying to make here is that just as the deeds of the flesh are evident, according to the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. so are the fruits of the Spirit. Right. And if we want to see the fruits of joy and peace and patience and kindness, etc. It starts with unconditional love. And I would challenge every single one of us to really, really, really dig deep and really take a hard look at our, at the condition of our heart in the mirror and ask ourselves, do I have this, this emotional uh, conditional strings attached kind of quote unquote love that the world says is what we need? Mm-hmm. Or do I have unconditional, selfless, self-sacrificing, no strings attached love that is deeply rooted in my heart by the Holy Spirit? And that's all we have to say about that. Thank you for tuning in once again to another episode of the Churchosity Podcast the show where we try to give you the Gen X take on church culture. And thank you once again, as always, to my phenomenal co-host and incredible (laughs) wife. You're welcome, honey. Be sure to follow us on all the socials. That's Facebook and Instagram. Our tag is at churchocitypod. Drop us a message and give us your feedback because we would really love to hear from you. And if you happen to be listening to this podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Please be sure to leave us a rating, and if you feel like it, you can also leave us a review. Your ratings and your reviews not only help to popularize Churchosity Podcast, but they also make us a heck of a lot easier for everybody else to find us as well. And don't forget to spread the word about Churchosity Podcast by just simply telling a friend to tell a friend about what we're doing here. Yeah, let them be a part of the conversation too. But always remember that the goal of our instruction is love. From a pure heart. And from a good conscience. And a sincere faith. So we thank each and every one of you once again for listening. And we look forward to catching all of you on the next episode of Churchosity Podcast. Peace.